Happy hump day, everyone. On today's podcast, we do another mashup to cover a few of your guys' questions. We talk through post-antibiotic use and what you can do to help nourish back the microbiome to a good state if you need to go on antibiotics. We talk about night shift and how to support the body if you need to be on that night shift, working against the circadian rhythm, how to help balance stress to bring your bodies to as much of a baseline as possible. And then finally, we touch on IUDs. And if you are planning to remove the IUD or you've had the hormonal IUD removed, what you want to be doing to support your body to best detox hormones and bring hormone balance back to the system. So if you love the show, do not forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast so that we can continue to grow and bring you the best information possible. When you look good, you feel good. Uh-huh. That's the only way I feel you should. Coulda, woulda, never did it for you. Gotta do it for the love. Do it for the culture. Feel it in your soul, life like a roller coaster. Got its ups and its downs, but you gotta keep going. Don't stop when you still got motion. Stay dedicated, daily devotion. Happy Wednesday. Hump day. Super Bowl's coming up. Oh, yes. Thank Honestly, thank goodness the Eagles are not in it this year. I do not need to deal with that stress in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't this, um, wasn't this like the same last year? Who was, the, who was in the Super Bowl last year? It was the Chiefs and the Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Chiefs made it again. Chiefs made it again. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes has made it to the AFC Championship. I think it's AFC Championship. One of the NFC or AFC every year since he's been a quarterback on their team. Like he is phenomenal next level. Yeah. It's insane. I I am very amazed sometimes at the ability of some athletes, like just crazy to me. All I know is that I'm glad that Taylor Swift is not performing and I don't ever care if I see anything about her in the news again. I am so freaking sick of seeing her shit (gasps) everywhere. I actually heard a statistic. I think it said that she made the NFL $474 million more this year. Yeah, probably. It was something insane. And obviously she made a lot more. Yeah. I have my own reasonings. I don't like any of I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Like, can, can we get somebody else as a role model for our kids who is not promoting I know. things that I don't mm-hmm. agree with? Maybe, maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> Yeah, there's no. a lot of people that a lot of my clients have like posted things on their Facebook that I'll see or like social media. Like, I think women of our age are just sick of, sick of seeing it. No, of just course, everywhere. Of course, I am the same way. Um, <laughs> I also like, I don't know. I just I don't really watch the news very much because it's super depressing, and I don't want it on the TV when our kids are in the no, house. No. So it's like if I just scroll on Instagram, oh. like people are using because she's so trending right now, and. Fine, if it's viral for you, cool. But like, I don't want to do anything with her stuff, like to help me be viral because it just is everywhere. Yeah, no, yeah, she's. You know, I, here's the thing. She the one ha- thing I I'll like her, her like music. She's, she's very a talented. Good business person, man. For sure, she is a good business person. Um, hustle, hustle respects hustle. Yeah, I'm not at her level, but hustle respects <laughs> hustle. <laughs> oh, who knows? Maybe someday. Probably never, but. Close. We'll see. Uh, so we wanted to do another little mashup because Liz and I often get you know questions either co- consistently the same question or you know someone will ask us or message in about answering a question on the podcast. So we like to do these little mashups because sometimes questions don't warrant on a whole thirty minute podcast, uh, and then we can cover more of them for you guys. And yeah, so today we are going to talk about post antibiotic use because it's, it is the 
season of antibiotics, which is not a good season, night shift work and how stressful night shift work can be on the body and what you can do about it, and then IUD removal. And particularly in this case, perimenopause IUD removal, because a lot of people, for whatever reason, OBs tell them not to remove it during menopause, which I don't really agree with. Um, but we'll talk about what you can do if you are planning to remove it during that time frame. So let's dive in. What yeah. do we got? What if you're taking an antibiotic? Because mm-hmm. it's like the season right now, I feel like. Season. I avoided it at all costs. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the last time I like, w- was sick to the point that I like needed anything. But I, obviously in certain situations, it's definitely warranted. And so, it can be life-saving in certain situations. Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you know when it comes to immunity and just thinking about what you can do preventatively, you know, there's a lot of things such as NAC, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, making sure that's you know good with your levels. Um, again, stomach acid, as we've talked about, just so that, you know, you can kind of prevent some of those things from harboring in the body. Um, but if you are in a place where you're really, really sick and you need an antibiotic, there's a couple of things. So I like restore flora PD. This is by microbiome labs. Now it does have Saccharomyces boulardii in it, which will help with things like antibiotic associated diarrhea, but it also has some other strains in there just to help protect the good bacteria. Because when we think about antibiotics, there's a couple of things. Number one is it's not just attacking like back, you know, bad viruses and bacteria. It's also going to attack the good bacteria and we need the good bacteria. They're our defenders. They're part of our immune system. But the second thing is you can end up with post antibiotic secondary infections because a lot of bacteria in the body, let's say for example, you have H. pylori. This is a kind of a separate time of just, or, you know, from being like sick, but you have H. pylori. They generally give you a proton pump inhibitor and then two antibiotics to try to target that. But it is more of a resistant um, strain to different types of antibiotics. And everybody's genetic component of H. pylori can make this, um, you know, depending upon if it's amoxicillin or a different type of antibiotic, um, responsive or not. So biofilms are something that we always want to think about when we have an antibiotic in place to make it more effective. The same thing if you were to have an herbal um, support in place to make it more effective, antimicrobial, uh, antiviral, things like that. Um, so if I was going to have to take an antibiotic, I'd probably taking be taking something alongside it to make sure that my biofilms were being supported and then that uh, Restore Flora PD while on it. Post-antibiotic treatment, uh, I think the question that I got last week was like, well, how long, like, what do I do after that? Uh, should I support? And I think this is really where it depends upon what you went on it for. So for example, upper respiratory infections, um, I would be using the sinus probiotic for that. I think it's Ultraflora IB, immune booster. Yes. Um, if you were on it for a UTI, a kidney infection, then we're using something like Ultraflora Women's. But just in general, to help with re-inoculation or repopulation of the good bacteria, you can do a rotation. So I usually do a 60 to 90 day rotation with spore-forming probiotics or uh, soil-based probiotics. So ProSpore Plus, that is um, from Nutrition Dynamic, that's a good one. Megaspore Microbiome Labs, so they designed the um, Restore Flora PD to be taken with antibiotics and then Megaspore to be taken post-antibiotics. And then you could also use something like um, ProFlor, 
Proflora 4R, and that's by Biotics Research. So any of those would be just kind of like a general, I had maybe the stomach bug, flu, and wanted to, you know, take that after. But again, it's kind of like very bio-individual, but I would also think about like root cause of why do you need the antibiotics? Yeah, and then doing things to help support, you know, gut health in general, lemon juice in the morning, maybe you're doing more uh, bone broth or soothing meals like stews or soups or things like that to help with digestion uh, as taking the probiotic, I'm sorry, taking the antibiotic will disrupt a lot of that digestive function. Um, Sometimes aloe vera juice or slippery elm tea can be really soothing, uh, especially if it's going to be resolving like inflammation that's going on in the GI tract. So there's a lot of just natural things that you can do post-antibiotic to help. Think about this. If you were to wipe a slate clean, which is not really technically what antibiotics do, but imagine like a blank canvas that you're working with. Now you want to introduce as good of diversity of bacteria back into the gut. uh, And that is largely supported by the diversity of your diet. So post-antibiotic, utilizing lots of different types of fruits and vegetables, well-cooked to start so that it releases a lot of the stress on the GI system to break them down. Um, And then, you know, maybe you're doing things like leaner proteins, fish, seafood, things like that, that are easier to break down comparatively to like red meat uh, and take a little bit longer in the digestive system. So there's just some natural food-based things you can do as well to help... uh, improve the gut microbiome state post-antibiotic. So lots you can do, lots you should be doing, uh, because otherwise you will be someone that just seems to have a never-ending cycle of gut dysfunction and then going back on antibiotics. So on to the next one, night shift. My number one tip for night shift, get off night shift. (laughs) It's a carcinogen. It is. It is a known carcinogen. So we have something called a circadian rhythm. It is an internal body clock and it goes with the sun and the moon. Our body is meant to be awake during the daytime when the sun is up and it's meant to be asleep at nighttime when the sun is down. There is a lot of, there are a lot of processes within the body that correlate with that circadian rhythm. Many of them are overnight while you're sleeping that help your body detoxify. And so if you are not living in your circadian rhythm, it puts, it puts a very large stress on the body and what it has to do and isn't able to do with that internal clock. So if you're there and you're stuck there for the foreseeable future, what can you do about it? Mm. So I actually have a couple of clients in this situation and the thing that I cannot stress to them enough is control the controllables. So what are those things? Number one is your input of food. Are you adequately nourished? Um, some of them working, you know, in the hospital setting, it can be very difficult to get a lot of nourishment in because they're so busy. They don't get breaks, which I just think is absolutely horrible and such a broken system. Another piece of our medical system that's broken. How can you expect somebody to take care of someone and be sharp when they're exhausted and they haven't been nourished? Oh, and they're they can't completely even, overworked. Yeah. Completely it's overworked. insane. So anyways, um, I digress from that point, but what can you do to get adequate nourishment in? Maybe that looks like a really high calorie, high nutrient dense smoothie before you go in for your shift, right? That you have maybe some really dense, like easy snacks on hand if and when you get the chance to, you know, consume something and then that you're just making the most out of the meals outside of that. Um, and that you are really supporting your body with things that will 
help combat the stress. So when we're highly stressed, um, you know, we do burn through a lot of vitamins and minerals at a much faster rate. Our need is higher. So making sure that you've got maybe adrenal cocktails in place, good sodium, potassium, magnesium, um, and keep your electrolytes uh, balanced and stay hydrated. I would also be thinking about supporting the adrenal glands with things like vitamin C. Those can be put in adrenal cocktails, of course. Um, you could also be using an adrenal support, like an herbal adaptogen. Um, again, making sure that, yes, your sleep and your circadian rhythm is as best as it can be when you're not at work. But that is you know, the biggest thing is control the controllables. Um, in addition to food input... I would really say that you need to try to focus on stress management and getting your body into some sort of restful, you know, state, calm state with deep breathing, meditation, um, sitting in a sauna, like anything that you could do that would just really help you like chill out, uh, listen to soothing music, you know, read a book, draw, color, some of those things, because I know that in the hospitals, at least from what we're hearing right now, like it's just go, 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 go. It's that stress, 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 stress. You know, you really just want to try to combat that for your central nervous system. Yeah. Um, obviously there's different things that you can do in terms of somatic breathing, alternate nasal breathing, um, yoga poses, stretching, yeah. things like that for blood flow. So those are the controllables. I think that you can control You're not going to be able to control if you got a break at work or not. Um, you know, what all was going on there maybe in this time, like you can't control your schedule. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, obviously, as Becca said, like down the line, you should. Um, and then you can use other things like red light therapy yep. or. Yep. You can use happy light. Uh, you can, if you cannot get a long stretch of sleep uninterrupted, taking naps to accumulate more sleep um, and more rest. And think about it this way. It, you are basically fighting an uphill battle when other people are just walking on flat ground. And so you have to work harder to combat the effects of the stress that you're managing. So when other people could maybe get by not doing deep breathing or, you know, cold therapy or saunas or whatever it might be, you need those things just to be at baseline. Like you are not someone that maybe is going to thrive with hit workouts and marathon running and things that are extremely stressful on the body. You might be someone that needs to do like two, three days of weightlifting and yoga and walking. Like you need to be aware that your body is just fighting a harder battle. And so you have to do more for it to balance it out. And that's just the reality of it. That's when, when you chose that profession, that is something that is just going to come with it. And you have to accept that it's, you know, we can cry about it all we want, but at the end of the day, like it is what it is and we just need to work harder. So yeah. Those are a lot of things you can do. Like Liz was saying, it, battling it with an anti-inflammatory diet. Like again, some people mm. might be able to handle like some inflammatory foods here and there. You're going to be more affected by it. Adaptogens, because adaptogens help your body be more resilient to stress. So all of those things you're going to have to do just to be at a baseline in the reality. And that stinks. Yeah. But, I, and I'm just thinking about like, obviously this is not every person out there, but no. What's in the hospitals, like the food in the hospitals is not that great. I know that a lot of uh, medical professionals do struggle with the quality mm -hmm. of food. Um, and so that's a controllable, And right? like the break room. I know that they're all, there's always food. That's like well, one of the hardest parts about it. And a lot of people too are getting it from like families that could be like, you know, thank mm -hmm. you or sweets or there's catering from medical reps or whatever that is. It's likely not going to be the most nourishing. So this is where I would think about maybe utilizing services that you haven't utilized in the past, such as Factor is a really good one that I've heard about. Mm -hmm. um, I know that Becca has mega fit meals Love and different things like meals. that. Yep. 
you know, so that can be something if you can prepare in advance, if you do struggle with, well, it was free, it was there, you know, I just went for it. Um, if you prepare in advance and you just know like, Hey, I have these things, this is what I brought today. And you know, kind of draw some boundaries. I think that could be good too, because absolutely adding inflammation uh, or more inflammatory triggers to a already very stressed out uh, body is going to make things worse. Yes, it will. So the last one, IUD removal. So the IUD is technically non-hormonal. Um, well, I'm sorry, you have hormonal and you have non-hormonal IUDs. You have both. So non-hormonal IUDs is the copper IUD. And then if you have hormonal IUDs, which is like the Mirena, the Skyla, Lilena, I believe are the three main ones that a lot of people get. Um, and those are progestin based. So I did an Instagram post a little while ago, just for, you know, just some insight into understanding. Progestin is the synthetic form of progesterone. So it has basically the opposite effect of progesterone in the body. And it, although progesterone is extremely healing, improves heart health, hair growth, mood, sleep, it's anti-androgenic, you know, it helps with um, reducing cancer risk. Progestin is kind of all the opposite things. So it increases blood pressure, causes hair loss for some women, causes anxiety, depression, increases risk of breast cancer in certain studies. But the big thing that they actually notice, and they aren't really sure the mechanism of this is a lot of women on progestin hormonal IUDs actually show estrogen dominant when it comes to blood work. And a lot of this is likely because hormones kind of have like a waterfall trickle effect that they all flow into each other. And so again, they aren't entirely sure of the mechanism, but we do see on testing hormonal IUDs often drive estrogen dominance. And so if you are coming off of a hormonal IUD, you need to understand that you might have a little bit of a rough period for a few months as your body works to detox the excess amounts of estrogen or synthetic hormones that have turned into other hormones. And so what you can do for this is a few things. One, anti-inflammatory based diet, obviously high fiber because the fiber is going to help your body bind to that excess estrogen and detox it better. So think like 30 to 40 plus grams a day um, is where you want to shoot for of real food fiber. Cruciferous vegetables are one of the best variations of that because they have sulforaphane in certain levels. And that sulforaphane is particular to binding and moving estrogen away from more harmful pathways in the body. And then we use a lot of times products called uh, Hormone Plus Complete. It is a powder from New Ethics, and it has small amounts of DIM and uh, Vitex and things that help basically balance your hormones. And then I usually pair that actually with Metapure, which is a specific liver support, and it's a powder as well from New Ethics. And I'll do like one round of it. So I'll do one round of maybe one scoop of each per day uh, for you know the, the course of a month or so after you get it removed to help process that excess amount of hormone. And then if you're noticing, if you are still having a period, I know some people are in perimenopause or postmenopause and they do this, but if you are having a period, you can take um, estrofactors I really like for like the first... 10 days prior to your cycle and maybe the first couple of days of your cycle because it helps to basically detox estrogen at a higher rate. It doesn't necessarily lower estrogen, which is why I like it, but it helps your body process the estrogen better, which keeps people from having like super heavy periods, bloating, cramps, clots, things like that. So you might be in for just a couple months of heightened amounts of hormones detoxing, which is no one's favorite. Um, 
but there's a lot that you can do. Uh, hydration, obviously, mm-hmm. managing stress, getting enough sleep, all of those things will help. Yeah. Did you touch on preparing for the IUD removal? Yes, I did not. So, because um, <laughs> I think this is a and this is a big one. Like yeah. before, if it's IUD or it is just birth control in general, we usually take 30 to 60 days, like run through the cleanse process, really open up the drainage and detoxification pathways and support just proper estrogen clearing, not necessarily trying to put anything into lower estrogen at that point in time. But I think it's always good to think through that prior to just pulling out that medication, um, whether it's again, the IUD removal or just going off birth control. We have a whole podcast that we've done in the past uh, regarding this and uh, what can happen on the other side in terms of post-birth control syndrome, uh, which can you know be various things in terms of your mood, uh, your flow, the regularity of your cycle. So anything that you can do to support your hormones, I would say too, you could potentially start seed cycling a couple of months prior as well. So seed cycling can help with the regulation of hormones. Um, and then again, I would just be supporting adrenals, um, adrenal cocktails, making sure that you have uh, a lot of really good nourishment in anti-inflammatory food. Yeah. And, and you could put in, uh, like obviously high fiber before you could put the metapure in the hormone plus complete in. Before you, yep, yeah. So there's like a protocol that I take a lot of clients through that d- kind of doses it up towards the removal and then back down. Um, and the other thing that I always tell people, you actually want to feed your body up. Um, you want to come off of an IUD or any type of birth control being fed and not to not like in a calorie deficit because you will either enter a state of low hormones because of the lack of ovary communication to the brain while you're on birth control. Or you end up in this need for high amount of detoxification. Both of those don't do well with low calories. So <clears throat> you want to make sure that you're fed. Uh, and like Liz was saying, the flush is something that we often do to help feed people up without weight gain. Uh, so that is that my free guide on my uh, Instagram page, the Hormone Queen, has somewhat of the flush uh, process within it. Um, so that's something you could always try and follow beforehand, but basically you need to prepare your body because it's also going to be potentially nutrient deficient coming off birth control. Birth control depletes a lot of hormone or a lot of vitamins and nutrients. And so basically you don't want to come off in a depleted state. That is not a good thing. Uh, so all of those tips can help you prepare better to have less of a negative experience coming off of birth control. Uh, because a lot of people just pull it. And then it's a shitstorm because they aren't detoxing well. They have all these built up hormone levels. They're moody. They're having extremely heavy periods. It's just a whole mess. So take our advice. <laughs> do these things so that you do not experience that when you are coming off of birth control. And if you have any questions around anything functional, health, nutrition, diet, exercise, gut, hormones, please submit it to the website that I always forget. Fitmomlife.com backslash ask. Is that what it is? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And if you are, you know, somebody who is watching us on YouTube, don't forget that you can also comment below, ask a question. Um, Hopefully you leave us a five-star reading and review. If you're listening on all platforms, we really appreciate that because that helps us reach others around the world. It also helps us. If you are sharing our podcast, uh, avoid having to do things like paid advertisements, which disrupts your listening experience. So the best way that we can keep, um, you know, growing is for you to rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. If you share it, I would love for you to tag us. So at the poop queen, at the hormone queen, we hope you guys have a fantastic hump day and we'll be back on Friday. Ah!
Put a smile on your face Never let them take your joy away Let the sunshine make your day Take your hand of your love Wanna dance the night away Hook it away and escape on a vacay Life's a marathon, not a relay It's up to you to do what you love to do Let no one stop you